Hello, this is Colin Parker, and you're listening to EQ&A. EQ&A is a premier podcast of interviews and panels with music and entertainment industry professionals. These are done in a weekly forum at Loyola University of New Orleans. And today's interview is with Christoph Anderson. He is interviewed by Billy O'Connell. Christoph Anderson is also known as Monopole and uh, is also best known for being the co-writer and producer of G-Eazy's first two albums. Christoph Anderson is an alumni student of Loyola University of New Orleans, and discussion points include things such as how he got his start in the business, how he began to work with G-Eazy, and what it means to be a co-writer, and so much more. And so now, let's cut over to that interview. Well, good evening. Um... Our guest this evening sat in these seats for four years while dividing his time between pursuing his professional endeavors, and uh, it was absolutely fascinating and fun to live through. I, uh, from the minute, what's that, what's that noise? That was totally distracting. From the minute he got here, I related to this guy because you look in his face and besides being very, very pretty, he was also very, very ambitious and hardworking and hungry to learn everything he could possibly learn while he was here. So we have the the, the great good luck of sitting here and having a conversation tonight um, with someone who lived your path and did some very interesting things, and is in the process of doing some more very interesting things. And so, without any further delay, I'd like to welcome Christoph Anderson. Please, have your seat. So, shake my hand, and then this... Yeah, yeah. There you go. Hi. Can I hold mine like this? For sure. Like all the kids do? For sure. Yo. Irie. Right. I will. Uh, <laughs> Temmy. Shout out to Temmy. What's up, dude? I don't know you, but I already know. All right. So. So. Here's. Let's uh, let's just get acquainted. Um, uh. We, we don't spend too much time without talking to each other. It's true. Right? We very often will uh, text, you know, get together at a, at, a, at a favorite coffee spot. There you go. And we'll sit and chat. And uh, it was a couple of weeks ago that I found out while sitting with you at that coffee spot that you were booked for Forum. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't know. Yeah. John Schneider went around your back. So, uh, yeah, as he often does. Uh, well. But um, I... Uh, all right. Get your minds out of the gutter. Anyway. <laughs> don't think, don't think I don't know. Um, all right. Let's, let's bring it, let's bring it in. Let's bring it in. All right. So we decided, we decided 
that since we often sit there having these conversations where I just grill him over things and, um, and end up, you know, asking 100 questions and, and we eat up 90 minutes, uh, I figured it would, be a, it would be kind of a nice thing for us to do that here. Yeah, no, I'm glad we are. And so that's, that's, that's how this happened. So let's talk about your, your professional history, just for those who, who are not aware. Be, you know, after the fact that you were, you were well, while you were here, um, you, did, you were an awful big part of the whole GEZ operation. You want to go over some of your, your, your CV in a yeah. way that helps us? So um, kind of giving it like a few years before that. So I grew up here. I went to NOCA for audio production um, and was... Um, at the time making a lot of electronic music and DJing and all that stuff. And that's when I met G when I was like in high school and, and my manager at the time who was here, Max Braun, who's now at a paradigm agent. Um, and that they kind of brought me in under their wing. Um, and so, yeah, I got pretty, pretty burnt out on DJing and this is like when EDM got all big and it was just fucking exhausting to be honest. So, um, they kind of knew, that I was sick of, like, G and Matt and everyone. So they... Um, you were sick of what? You were sick, sick of, of being DJing out late and, I wanted and to do like something. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to, like, collaborate with people more. I wanted to do more interesting th music that I was, like, listening to as opposed to just, like, DJing house stuff. Um, and so at the time, they were still, like, touring in vans and all that. They're, they had a two-week tour booked in the Northeast and said, hey, like, why don't you come... Um, why don't you come open for like 15, 20 minutes? You do like a little DJ set before G goes on. And then the rest of the time can be spent like working on his new record. Um, uh, because at the time he was still producing everything himself. He was like flipping a lot of samples. They didn't want to do that. And they're trying to kind of rebrand him a little bit. Um, and so we did that two weeks and that kind of like <laughs> became the next three years of my life. Um, yeah. And the the last two G Easy records, which. Ate up, yeah, ate up many years of my, yeah. And so, and so let's just back up one half step. Sure. You, you, you knew you wanted to get out of just DJing house stuff. Yep. Because that just didn't fit with, you know, it was something I guess you did because it was like, what, low-hanging fruit? It was like yeah, it way was in. Easy. It was, I mean, I, I liked making music on a computer, and I didn't right. have anyone to work with. Right. So like, okay, you better do your own shit. So you no did it gonna for do yourself. for you. Yeah, right. Right. But it doesn't. But then the lifestyle and the and the actual professional pursuit yeah, just I, didn't fit. No, and I was like touring. Like I, I remember, you would kind of like get me off the hook for class. I would tour by myself, like DJing wherever I could, and mm -hmm. like um, was getting booked around. And it's just like traveling by yourself as a DJ is when you're 18 is like the most depressing thing ever. You can't drink. You can't really do anything. I think the only thing more depressing would be doing that if you were a stand-up comedian. That, that, that is worse. That might be worse, right. but. At least the DJ thing you get yeah. to, you know. Yeah. All right. So then you end up touring with yeah so with then, G and Matt. Right. So then, um, yeah, my job kind of became um, working on the first album. These things happened. So we did like a, a Lil Wayne tour. We did a few headlining tours of his. We're basically, kind of like living on the road for a while, um, and set up a little studio in the back of a bus, um, and. Then that was kind of while he started to get his RCA deal, and that kind of just like totally swept it down a different way. Um, and then basically, while we were like approving masters for that next first one, um, we started working on the next one, which was um, the When It's Dark Out. Yeah. Okay, and again, to take a tiny step backward, sure. um, you opened 
how many tours did you did you act as an opening act before for ten days? Okay, so for you ten did, days, and then it one quickly became like no, 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 no. This this is this is what we need to work on. And right. I mean, we had a great working relationship. Like we we were like, spoke the same language. We were like had an idea of where the there was going to go. So right, right. Yeah. So you guys connected and yeah. you know on all yeah, on, sure. on all fronts. You were friends. You yeah. were you were working associates. You traveled together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything was good. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> what are you going to say? You could say it. I'm I didn't say, say it. it. So, <laughs> um, so okay. So you guys are firing all cylinders, working together, and making things happen. And 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 over this time. GEZ is getting more right. and it's becoming, bigger and bigger. It's and becoming a thing, yeah. And now, oh, and, and by the way, you're a co-writer as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. By virtue of production. Pro- produ- producing, yeah, 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 yeah. I think any, like the 2018 definition or 2016 or whatever yeah. of a producer, basically you're a co-writer at that point. Right. Yeah. And so, so as a co-writer, of course, you know, you guys all should know what that means, right? I mean, you know, so he's participating in the copyrights on the compositions as well, right? Yeah. So, which is, which is an awfully uh, nice piece of the pie. Right? Does okay. It does okay. It's okay. So, um, so you 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 go through that trajectory. Record yep. one, mm-hmm. record two. Mm-hmm. Then what? Um, so by that time, um, I had got my own management, um, and I was looking at doing pub deals and stuff, and just because it. Eating, you know, it took up so much, so much of my time, mm-hmm. um, and I don't really know if you can tell, but I'm not like crazy hip hop dude. Like, I'm, it's not really the world I come from. Um, so I really missed like writing songs and like um, I wanted to kind of move into more of a pop world mm-hmm. um, and just like be able to do. I mean, I, it, I I was working on one project for three years basically, so I want, like wanted to be able to cherry pick and do other stuff. Right. Um, so there's this interesting thing that happened, right? You do record one, you do record two, and then wow, now this thing that fits so well, now it's sort of like there's a, another fork in the road, right? Right. It just wasn't. As there was. It wasn't. The, there wasn't like nothing a negative fork. Right. It was just like a okay. I really like you know the creative brain needs to be able to move where it needs to go. Right. Um, it's a choice for you. Right. 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 Yeah. It's just a different choice. Right. And the, and just as leaving the the you know the DJ thing. Yeah. Exactly. Was it yeah. to move toward production became a choice. Then sure. then that production that was three years of the same record becomes. Yeah. Yeah. Another fork, right? right? Exactly, yeah and, yeah. and that fork results in you having to make decisions that are separate and apart from, sure. from you know, GEZ Corporation sure. and their and, decisions. I mean, it's also like, as a producer, when you're, like, he's on full-on album cycle, he's going to be touring it for the next year and a half or whatever. What are you doing? What am I doing? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting back on a bus anymore. There's no need for me to do that. I've yeah. had plenty of those nights. I'm, I'm good. Right. Um, so yeah, that was like a natural opportunity for me to kind of explore doing something else. And, and so the next thing I know, you 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 need a you need a a manager of your right. own, which you be, be, finessed. Well, <laughs> finessed. Finessed. Oh my. Um, no, so, but it's true. Like you you introduced me to Rich Holtzman, who um, manages Portugal and Man and everything. And at the time, he was at a company called the Artist Organization. Um, there was another manager there who named Renee Simmons, who also was there. And by the time I met with both of them, Renee and I were just like good buds, and it was clear um, that that was a better fit. Yeah, it was. A, that was a that was a fun thing to do because like it, it's not every day that you get to call your professional connections and say, 
Uh, I have a guy who's hugely successful, uh, and he has no professional relationships. He doesn't have a pub deal. He doesn't have a manager. He doesn't have, you know, right? Yeah, you, it yeah. was like, it wasn't a hard phone call for me to make. Right. It was sort of like, that's the kind of phone call people like to get. So I called Richie about you, and 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 the reason was it seemed like you were this this huge business already. You were already an enterprise, and you, you didn't have anything. You, you know, you were running it for yourself, and you had no partners, no team. team. And, yeah. and, and then... What I loved about that situation was that you very readily gravitated toward Renee. Like there was, I, I was, I was just saying to you backstage, like it's so fortunate that like yeah. Renee was Richie's day to day guy. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Because he is so in your lane. Like you guys are such a good fit. I couldn't have imagined that working out better. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, I'm very fortunate to have really um, a great relationship with publishers. My manager and I are like. He's one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think we see the see the world pretty similarly, and music pretty pretty closely aligned. So, um, again, I'm not going to say it. Finesse. I'm going to get through the entire interview without saying <laughs> those words. Well, I don't even know what words we're talking yes, about. You do. I mean, I. I bet if we counted down, <laughs> three, two, one, they'd they'd be able to say it. Three, two, one. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, it's Billy O'Connell, right? Yeah, Values of land. <laughs> so um, I'm going to make a conscious effort to not Damn, actually use still, those words. still sending the fucking values alignment. Still, yeah. Good. Okay, so, the, the, so we're at this point now. You've got your, you're putting your team together. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And you're having to make decisions about what to do with that team, what to do next. Yeah. Right? So one of the first things you do is you get a pub, a pub deal. Yeah, yeah. Which right? I mean, one of the first things that took that took a good eight months, nine months. I mean, we talked to a lot of took a lot of meetings and talked to a lot of people. Um, and it's a big decision. It's a big decision, and I mean, yeah. I, I think also I'm not someone who really like likes to hang around industry types that kind of like to blow smoke. And there, because I was really lucky with G and that whole team that there was a lot of money in the pipeline already. So there, yeah, there was a lot of smoke being blown. Well, yeah, um, I mean, that seems like a perfect recipe for, like, sharks. Yeah, it could have been a disaster. Yeah, um, yeah. But but I think just taking our time and, and also um, learning that, like, okay, cool, if we're going to have this be, a, a like, a, an actual pub deal, I want you to be putting me in sessions for, like, six months before we even sign anything. Like, show me what you're going to do. In the same way that a manager wouldn't start commissioning, like, day one. Yeah. Like, you has to have, like, there has to be a courtship there. Yeah. So, um yeah, we, we, yeah, it yeah. worked out well. And, and so, yeah, sort of that proof that you were demanding was, was like, put me to work. Right. And you, I'll show up. Like, I'll show up for what you and want. You, but, and you can monetize what I do in, right. that, in that situation, right? right? But like, so yeah. this is where it gets interesting. Because then suddenly, I don't hear from you for like a year because you're, just, yeah. you're, you're living underground. Yeah. You're basically going how many sessions a week? Like six. Six sessions a and week. These are, and, and I mean, when... And, and, I wanted to do that, right? I wanted to get I into know. the world where, like, there was going to be a different person every day. Um, but that quickly, like, you do that for a year. You do six sessions with, like, people you don't know every day. They're, like, blind date sessions. That's kind of how the pop world works these days. Unless, I want to talk about those. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. do one, right? Let's, yeah. let's, 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 let's just really describe one. Okay. So you get a, you know, you get a phone call or, an, or a day on the calendar, yeah. right? That is, you are going to meet up with, <laughs> a person named uh, Raven Evans. 
Right. Right. And you're going to go, you're going to go right. Right. With Raven Evans. So okay. what happens? You get out. Right, you so you before, leave your home. Before that even happens. No, I, I set up a studio in my house in Venice when I was there. Okay. Um, and so I could kind of control the environment. But what happens before is either I or my management talks to the A&R and be, they were like, okay, we want it to be Selena Gomez meets whatever. And like we want these songs and basically list top three billboard, you know, yeah. it's like ridiculous. Like as, but, as like, as like, um, go buys. Yeah. As like, you know, like something to shoot for. This is like, this is the lane we want. Yeah. Um, a point of reference, right. a prototype. It's like, yeah. yeah okay. Um, nine times out of 10, that's fully bullshit. And the, that girl has no idea what the A&R just told me. So it's my job to then kind of finesse what you want and what the A&R wants to put out. Yeah. And that's a can be a tricky place to be in, but it can be a fun place to be in because you kind of, you know, let's say you want to make some really weird out there, whatever, trippy thing, mm -hmm. and your A&R is looking to have a, like a Rihanna single. It's my job to pull you in and like kind of finesse that. Um, that's interesting they, yeah. that, that, that you don't then just have blind allegiance to the A&R. No. That you, like, well, you, you, at least that's how you approach yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you can, I know I know of a lot of people that have allegiance to the A&R because sure. the A&R controls the money, but it yeah. depends on like, well, why are you doing this? Like, do you yeah. want to make what you want to make? I'm here, you know. Mm -hmm. um, also, like, there's a level of trust and like, you kind of have to play psychologist or psychiatrist a little bit as yep. a producer. Yep. Um, so for you to gain my trust, I can't just be like, yeah, 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 that sounds great. But like, <laughs> what we really want to do is yeah. this. Your A and R told me this is what you want to do. So like, yeah, or this is better. what they need. Yeah, it's yeah. like that's that's never going to go anywhere. That'll be a disaster of a day. And so that session begins, right? Yeah. So you've laid the groundwork, and right. now you know, ding dong, Raven's at the door. Sure, she comes in, and you guys, you know, you make a cup of <laughs> yeah. coffee or whatever, right. right? You don't, you know, you're wearing mm. your lucky bathrobe. Mm. Yeah, always show up in the bathrobe. That'll be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but you guys go to work and, and yeah. work looks like what? Like, like bring us into that room. Like uh, help me understand what happens yeah. in that room. And that's actually, that's a, a process that I kind of had to learn as I went along too, because I would only ever worked with people I'd known before. And it, this is kind of how most of most songs get made these days. Um, is so, okay. So I would say like, okay, what have you been listening to? What are you trying to make? What are your influences? What do you, what, how, where do you see yourself? What do you, you know, what are you trying to achieve? Are you working on an album? Are you working on an EP? Are you like just trying to, you know, make as much stuff as possible and figure it out later? Um, and then while listening, I try and like hear what I think like you would do well. Sorry to keep singling you out. You're the example here. That's fun. This um, is good. It's Raven Evans. Yeah, like okay, cool. This your 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 voice your voice sounds good in this range. This reminds me of that. I can take that from that. Um, it's a lot of like internalizing of that stuff, and then mm -hmm. presenting, being like, hey, what if we made something that sounded like this? And then you know, um, I usually pick up a guitar, pick up a keyboard, um, come up with some chords, and as quickly as possible put together a really rough beat while you're kind of like humming around, like humming along to something if you can. It's like, so vulnerable. It's weird. I mean, it's I was terrified vulnerable. the first few times I was doing it um, yeah. because it's so not how I grew up making music. You yeah. you know, I grew up playing in bands with people, you know, your friends, you yeah. you know, I, I, G and I were good friends before we even started making music together. So it wasn't like, there was nothing uncomfortable there. Yeah. Um, and then to kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a first date in a weird way. Um, oh, that like, uh, But you need yeah. to come up with something at the end of it. I was going to say, a first yeah. date, that becomes, you know, 
Yeah. Fruitful. Yeah. yeah like right. immediately. Uh, yeah, right. It's wow. going to be good or bad, but it'll be very intense. Yeah. That is very, very intense. It's I, weird. I yeah. fully appreciate that. Um, but I mean, the more you do it and the more you kind of chisel away at it, you kind of, it becomes, you, it gets, it gets fun and it can, and it's confidence building. Um, what, but, okay. Okay. Hang on a second. Because again, like, not that everybody in this room is thinking about being like a pop producer and being yeah, a pop no, act. No, no. So like part of the fun of this is, is getting into the psychology and the sure. process of it. It goes from being really awkward and vulnerable and weird into being fun. Like why? Because, because, case scenarios for because sure, yeah. you get what locked into like process and best practices yeah, and you I figure mean, out a way. Ideally you'd, you'd like latch onto like a similar energy and have this similar idea of where you're getting on the song. And then it becomes like, holy shit, how have I not known you for like 10 years? Like we That's need to go so grab great. a beer after this or like what, you know, in the worst, you know, but then there are also those circumstances where I'm, I'm fucking writing to get out of the room. Yeah. Like yeah, when yeah, yeah. can you leave? This is ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah. this is absurd. Yeah. Uh, there have been many horror stories like that as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's kind of like, Writing to get out of the room. That's a, that's a real thing. Where yeah, you're really it. like, how quickly can I make you are convinced that that pre is great? That we're done. And then yeah. we're done. No, no, no. We don't need to do another one. I'll <laughs> fix it. No, no, no. I'll melt it on your vocals later. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. You're good. Leave. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I'm not very I'm not very good at hiding that either. Nah, so, I know. Um, um, yeah. Okay, so that's pretty that's pretty wild. So yeah. of 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 all those six a week. Yeah. Right. I'm drained just thinking about that. But six a week. Yeah. How many repeat customers? I mean, what? Give me a like a rough percentage, if if any. No, there are, and and okay. and the ones that go well, um, and the ones that, like the A and R's that end up liking what you do, mm-hmm. they'll keep sending you there. Um, a handful. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what's what's kind of crazy is you end up okay, like you end up making hundred songs. Yeah. I would say. Hmm. On a, in like any given year, like three to ten of those are really gonna Go usually see at least maybe 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 a few more. But um, it's it's like yeah, you're you're kind of throwing darts at the board yeah. and hoping that a few kind of stick. And then sometimes like I there are songs that like I you know was a part of writing like three years ago, two mm-hmm. three years ago, like some of my first sessions that I found out like in the last month. Oh no no no! So and so is gonna cut it now. Like whoever right. you thought, you know, we, we, it fell through with whatever, and like it gets repurposed through a publisher or a label or whatever. Um, so you're kind of wow. like, as a producer, you can kind of and kind of as a songwriter as well, you kind of um, it, whether or not a day goes badly, like it, you're still kind of creating an asset of some kind because maybe like there was some weird thing in the beat that you can repurpose for tomorrow Absolutely. that's totally gonna make it click. Um, so that's kind of how you have to end up looking at it or else you go crazy being like, why is the, no, yeah. why is nothing like, why am I not knowing? And then three years down the road, like yeah. down the road, it's like, well, it's kind of like an actor auditioning or something, you know, yeah, it's right. like, it's like someone, someone told me one time, like the job is auditioning. Sure. Yeah. Getting the job, booking the job, right. that's like icing on the cake, but the, the grind and yeah. the job is the auditioning. It's like, you, you can't ask yourself why doesn't anything work? It's like yeah. the percentages are so low. But it's having true. said that. Yeah. You just have to get used to everything being spec. That's just how music is. That's right. Um, right. Yeah. So having said that, uh, some, can you think of any gems that, that, that sort of, that sort of. Yeah. Like caught. 
Um, yeah, so um, there's this uh, rapper, singer girl named Dejloaf, who's from Detroit, who, um, um, are any of you familiar with Dejloaf? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that was like, a, it was one of those days where um, it wasn't at my studio, it was at Westlake, because they had rented out like a, a room A for like a Love week that. or whatever. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, and I was, I was kind of like a little nervous, like didn't really know what to expect. She's like really, really mellow mm -hmm. affect, um, but was like totally down to do like the weirdest shit possible. Wow. And like was like, and I was so impressed with how quickly she wrote and how well she wrote. And it becomes like, whoa, I was like really expecting to like have to work at this a bit more, like have this, like try and make this report, like put more effort into like building a report. Yeah. I've never met you. And this like worked great. Um, and then, yeah, so that's cool. Um, and the song? Song came, well, I have a few on her album that's about to come out, but her last single, uh, No Fear, that was the first day we I ever met her. And wow. I don't even think I did any, like, production after the fact. Like, it was all that day. Wow. Mixed it, like, you know, six months down the road. Um, wow. But, yeah, it's, so th there are, like, those days that are like, holy shit, how did that just happen? How do we pull that out of thin air? Yeah, and that's gratifying. That's got to be gratifying. That's kind of what keeps right? it going, keeps yeah. you going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So you've so you've had this couple of years of six yeah. a week, of six a weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And mm -hmm. now. Yeah. We're at this point where where you may be approaching another fork, or well. So what's I think up? I think about a year ago, maybe like a year and change ago, I started being like, okay, it, it started to wear on me like doing that many sessions a week and like pretend you know kind of like. You, you have to kind of show up and smile. You and, better be up for it. Yeah, you right? have to, You're, like, I, especially a producer, because because of the nature of the workflow, because I'm going to track your vocals, because I'm, like, having to come up with a beat kind of while you're there singing along, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of work that, that, and there's a lot of pressure, and, you know, I have to then go in and, like, once you leave, like, mix it and make it sound good and try and impress your hand on that. So if you have no time to finish anything and you're doing, you know, you're just, it's kind of, like, it becomes like, why am I doing this? Like, what am I doing? I'm, am I like writing these songs and like doing these sessions to like get you out of the room? Or like, what are we doing? You know? Um, yeah. Like, am I a factory? Right. Yeah. Like what, what is the, and, and I think I had a, um, uh, I had a, I think I felt really grateful to be where I was and like, be like, okay, like I have a really nice house in LA and I have a studio and I've like, I have all these, you know, like a publisher that like wants to send me things and like, mm -hmm. who am I to say no? Yep. Who like you know there was a bit of guilt to be like no I think that's fucking whack that sixteen year old girl can't sing I don't want to do that, yeah. Um, but yeah I think kind of I had to get to a point where I was comfortable being like you know what like maybe not like what if we like spent the day doing something else or like writing a song for pitch with someone I like better you know like right right um, so I think it like it I, yeah it started to kind of wear on me and be like you know what I need to like reevaluate what why I'm doing this. Um, and we became a lot, I mean, I came back here for a week just to kind of clear my head. And after the like day four, I called my manager and I was like, yeah, like, give me like, give me like a month or two. Mm -hmm. Um, and thankfully they were all so, so cool with it. Um, and we kind of like got to start, okay. Like we had conference calls, but I'm like, okay, I want to be way more selective about what we're doing, so why wait, we're doing it. you had conference calls with who? You kind of blipped over Publish, that. With, with the publishers and, and, and stuff like yeah, that, being like, people. listen, this is how I'm feeling. This is where I am. Like, I think I can be more selective. I think we can, you know, let's yeah. let's let's choose wisely as opposed to just saying, like, 
just filling the calendar to fill the calendar yeah. because a publisher's like all they really have to do their job is like okay cool well like i'm throwing stuff at the board for you i'm, I'm your calendar's full yeah. like what what you know it's yeah. not you know and th- I, I do have good publishers that know what i like now but you right. know ideally that's a, a full calendar for a publisher is great you know for a publisher it's great for a creator it can be exhausting it can be exhausting yeah but there are different kinds of full calendars yeah, and, yeah, and right. we've had this conversation right. where it's really important to have a full calendar, right. but where part of what you schedule is time off yeah. or writing time. Yeah, um, yeah, it's easy. I mean, I see a lot of these, a lot of songwriters and producers in LA that are like, so, I saw one the other day that there was like a Facebook post by this brilliant songwriter who I know, who was like, does anyone know how to um, like cure panic attacks like I'm like I'm, I'm like uh, I'm like I'm having a trouble getting in the car driving to sessions does anyone know how to like wow. go to like how, how can I like uber or something I'm like dude maybe we like take a step back and like cure like you're probably maybe gonna need to take a step back on your calendar yeah. and chill and like you know the lifestyle it's really easy to get wrapped in the lifestyle of like I go to the studio every day and like, you know, yeah. I know people that like very successful people yeah. that fucking Uber eats tender greens every day and sit in the studio all day. That's it. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. That's like, yeah. this is what you, this is what you're like striving to be. Yeah. That's what you want. This that's is what, life. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I think at the end of that, like, well, like, and th- th- let me just say for a second, like, yeah. It's okay for that to be life for a little while, sure. right? You got to, you know, you 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 do it and you grind and you pay yeah. your dues and you do. Yeah. But at some point, it's natural to transition into something a little more sustainable, right? And you also have to like kind of make the rounds and know who you work well with first. So like right. that six a day thing is valuable for a while mm-hmm. until you get to a point where you know, like, okay, I know who I work with well. I know yeah. when I want to work. So, um, and yeah. then it's a, then it's a question of management knowing. Right, not pushing and to trust you. Yeah, and your publisher knowing mm-hmm. to trust you, which means those initial decisions mm. about management and publisher are crucial. Were so important. Yeah, because if you picked wrong, those guys abandon you at that point. Totally. Right. Totally. Or they force you, or they pressure you, or they bad vibe you into doing something you're uncomfortable with. Right. And then either you fall apart. Yeah. Or and it doesn't sustain, or, and there are or, or you of, burn out, and, and there are a lot of managers and publishers that will totally, actually, to your face, guilt you into like right. doing all that whatever they want, and it, you know sometimes it's not even because they want to work like want you to work with that person, they want to save face with that person's manager. Right. It, there are tons of reasons why that stuff can end up on your calendar. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, so like a year and a half, I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna give you you know two weeks a month, mm-hmm. and we can we can we can work every day. And then I'm going to come back here. I bought a house here. I put a studio here. I can like work on what I want to work on. I can bring songs back and finish yeah. them and then go do two weeks like that. And, and the balance has been so much better. That's an awesome um, balance. But yeah, I think, you know, going through the, going through the, you know, six, seven sessions a week is really, it's important for a time, but you have to kind of be like, okay, why am I, why am I doing this? Okay. So that's where we are. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to take some questions. Okay. So we're going to do some questions, and then I have just another couple of things that I'd like to speak to Christoph about with y'all. So, Raven. Hi. Hi. What's going on? We've worked together before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you're adding people to your team, what are some qualities that you look for in people? Um, transparency. Um, and not acting like 
not acting like a big shot LA you know I like I, yeah I'm I'm you kind of know it when you're in it like you know like when you're on a date you know when it goes well or when it's like nah we're both kind of pretending here it's kind of the same thing you don't I don't really know I, I wouldn't come up with like a list of like things like let's check off all these boxes um, you probably could if you if we put a gun to your head you could probably come yeah, up with I, things yeah, that are like yeah. really important you know. <laughs> Well, that's a saying. That's a saying. No, but no, no. I know. You could I know. probably come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think. You know, I when think pressed. Tra- transparency. Transparency was a big one for me. And Shut and it. and um, like being realistic about. So there are a lot of like a lot of A and R's and a lot of publishers that will like try and sell you on stuff that is just like there's no way this is gonna work. And I know for a fact that you don't go in your car and you listen to this when you drive away from this meeting because that's that's not. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that took a, a while to kind of find. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the guy who's actually signed me to my current public. I'm published by BMG and Primary Wave in a joint venture. Um, and uh, the guy who signed me has become, like, such a close friend. Like, can, you know. That's it. Yeah. It's, can you be friends with the person? Can yeah. you be friends with their friends? Would I want to go right? grab a drink with you? Or, yeah. like, am I just, like, kind of, like. We're going to smile and have this meeting and then like, cool. All right, let's get out of here. That's what it looks like. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's what it always looks yeah. like. And I, I think we talk about that all the time, but also can I like, can I hang out with you without the only conversation being like music and hits and like, the, you know, the, you can be around people that in, in, in Los Angeles that the entire discussion is about like streaming numbers and yeah. you know, or used to be first week sales. Now it's like who got on new music Friday. Yeah. yeah. Fucking cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Over yeah, and let's over. Let's like talk about something else. Again. Come on. Yeah. So that was a big one. Yeah. Um, Thank you for that question, Austin. Um, so it seems like you do a lot of like one-on-one with like the artist yeah. and yourself. I yeah. was gonna ask like, what's your preference about like? I know a lot of hip hop has like five or so writers or whatever. Yeah. Is sorry. Like, Maybe I. With lots of people versus just one person or. Yeah, actually, no. So I would say it's very rare. I should I should clarify. It's very rare for me to just be one-on-one in the studio. Like, Dejloaf is an example there. It was just the two of us. But um, I would say most of the time, uh, there's going to be a top, a top liner in there. So um, top liner is a songwriter, but just for um, music and or sort of lyrics and melody. Um, so a lot of times... You know, an example. Okay, um, not to pick on you, but you're. Let's say you're like a 17 year old YouTube kid that has you know a million followers on YouTube, and the label wants to sign you. Great, this is gonna be awesome. There are a million of those in Los Angeles right now that you know, the numbers are already there, so that it's a it's low risk for the NR. Chances are you don't write songs because you haven't really been doing it for that long. So they bring in a top liner, and whether that's my decision, like okay, I work well with this person, I think she'd work well with her, or he would work well with, with um, or the A and R would um, would have like okay, no, sh- she feels comfortable around this person. So you kind of come, it's, uh, yeah. It's to answer your question, it is. It's quite rare to, for it to just be one on one, and then and then it gets really complicated when there are like. Yeah, four or five people. There are there are weird scenarios where there are too many cooks or people coming in after the fact to fix a part of the song. Um, yeah, sorry. Does that answer your question a bit? Mm. How's it different from writing by yourself versus writing with like five people? I think I think uh, I prefer if there are like three people in the room because a lot of my job is like. I have to be focused on what I'm doing, like, and, and an artist can get bored just kind of being like, well, okay, I'm trying to, you know, EQ your vocal real quick, 
like how do I keep you entertained and engaged? Yeah, someone else has to keep you entertained. I, right. Yeah. Th- there's someone to break up the energy. I think that actually helps a lot. Yeah. So the one-on-one can be great and it can be kind of like the rapport can be good when it's good. But yeah, I, I tend to have a third in there. Yeah. Yeah, Sam. Uh, how did you seem to find the creative energy when you were not, like back when you were talking about not liking working with somebody or working to just get out of the room? Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think you kind of... Um, there were times where I was like, dude, I don't know what I would... Po- like open up a blank session and be like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um but, um, yeah, I think you kind of just have to, if you really want to create something by the end of the day, like I actually really love walking out of the day and being like, okay, I made this out of thin air, like whether or not it, I'm going to love it tomorrow or the next day, but like this was today's work. I think that kind of, I was, that's, that's funny that this was today's work. Like what yeah. an amazing discipline that is like to ship yeah. something every day, to have to ship something every day and to be able to do it. I, yeah, I, mean, I think, dude, you're my hero. I can't, I can't believe, <laughs> no, 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 I can't no. believe people do that. No, I'm a lazy piece of shit sometimes too. But like, I think when, when you're, but you know, when people don't have a choice, <laughs> that's, you know, that seems. So, you don't have a I'm choice. calling you a lazy yeah. piece of shit. My bad. No, 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 no. Yeah. no. Uh, if we, if yeah. I know Billy, I didn't take anything. Nothing personal. <laughs> no, um, I no. No, I, I think, I think, um, yeah, I, you kind of have to pick yourself up and be like, no, no, no. All right. If, if, if only like I'm just going to make a sound alike like that, but I know how to do it. I have the tools to do it. Like you kind of have to, yeah, I don't know. There's no real good answer of where it comes from. It just kind of, you, you make yourself do it. And then when it, like it is really natural and, and it works well, you're like, oh wow, that's why I'm doing it. Like the feeling of, you know, if any creative in here would be like, knows the feeling of like working on something that that feels like this is the best thing ever. Like, I don't know how I've never made this before. This is awesome. Like, I'm so in it. I'm like flowing. Like, I think those are few and far between, but when they do happen, that recharges like 20 bad sessions. I don't know. I would say that's, I would say also it's a character issue. There are people who, who, you know, and yes, you can't ask your follow up, (laughs) but there are people who would, who would stamp their feet and walk out of a session. Yeah, those people aren't yeah, going to stick around very long. But there yeah. are those people, so yeah. it is a, it is a case of having the character that it takes yeah. to be able to execute and to be the guy when it's to be the guy or to be the woman that does yeah. it. Right. Yeah. So, what's your follow up, Sam? Uh, oh, oh, uh, I'm like pretty much Pro Tools everything because I grew up. Uh, I went to Noka for four years, and I kind of got swept in the audio engineering side of it. And every song is going to end up in Pro Tools anyway these days because that's like where we're mixing everything. And like I don't know any studio in in LA that would track vocals on Logic either too. So keeping it, it's it, it was difficult to maybe learn how to produce than like you know Ableton, but. Um, yeah, uh, I do Pro Tools everything. I have all three running on the laptops if you need to. If you know, like, if I have to bounce between or like another producer's there that weren't, wants to work on something else, but yeah, Pro Tools is my thing. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, what are some goals that you have for your future, and like some steps that you see yourself taking to get there? That's a good question. Can, can we go there in a second? I think that's something that I want to. Well, maybe we use that as our transition because oh my God, look at the time. What time is it? It's five forty-five. Oh yeah, you didn't get okay. Cool. Okay, so that's a perfect Zane. Mm. Thank you for your question. 
We just started talking about this idea that um, recently, between us, we started talking yeah. about this idea of well, wh what's next? Like, what's the transition? Like, wh is yeah. there is there an upcoming fork? Right? And and like when I asked you what your next what you wanted to have done in the next three to five years, mm. right? What are you thinking? <laughs> Um, well, so I think my long-term goal has always been, even when I was like in high school and a kid, uh, is slowly transition into film scoring. So, um, I always knew I wanted to kind of be in the production world first, um, and kind of like set the tone for that. Um, and in that we use Trent Reznor as a good example of someone who kind of comes from that world and set his aesthetical tone of what he's going to, you know, his his tools that he's going to bring. So, um, yeah, that's, it was always my intention to kind of like move out of pop music, having set a kind of vibe and aesthetic for what I do, and then slowly move into film scoring, which is a thing. Which is a thing. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's also interesting that it becomes necessary then to yeah. not do six a weeks anymore. Does. Because you've got to then begin to articulate right. your own artistic vision and your own artistic aesthetic mm -hmm. in order to be known for anything yeah, right. in order to then have have a brand right yeah. to have something that people trust you to be the one to do yeah. and so and uh, hand on your heart it's a little scary to say right yeah it's I mean it's a fun because I mean it's easier to talk about what I've already done than when it like hasn't happened yet. That's not, but I have no problem being like, yeah, yeah we'll see. I mean, I'm, you know, the, I've done some stuff and it's like, things are good and I'm still yeah. producing a lot of pop stuff. I has by no means am I getting out of that right now, but right. I think long-term goal, that's kind of where I see myself going. And, and it's interesting too. Like if you're talking about like three to five years, you, yeah. you do need to have some kind of, some kind of stepping stone yeah, to need, get you there, yeah, you, milestones. You, yeah, and but you also, like, it's important to, I think, even if you're doing exactly what you want to be doing, I think it's really important to have something to look up to. And I think another another aspect of my kind of revisiting things when I was, you know, doing the six, seven things a week was saying, like, okay, well, what I'm looking up to on this path is not no longer what I want. My values aren't aligned with it, man. So like you know, I never wanted to be. I never. I I didn't want to be a Max Martin, or I didn't want to be like Benny Blanc. Like that lifestyle doesn't appeal to me. That's not what I wanted to end up doing. So kind of shifting accordingly to be able to do what you're doing, but kind of have it be on a different trajectory is, yeah. That's I think that's really important. And knowing where you're, like having someone that you can say that path like speaks to me. Yeah, I think that's important. That's the yeah, and and that's, and that's funny because that's where. Yeah. And this won't count, but that's where misalignment comes in, right? Because right? it, it generates that sort of unhappiness or that dissatisfaction, right? That kind of that triggers a pain point, and you move away from that toward the thing you're actually trying to get. And done. having a team that understands that vision too, like I've seen a lot of, you know, people who have a clear sense of where they want to go and what they want to be doing, who they look up to, but because their manager doesn't actually respect that or care about that. They have their own idea of what they want them to do. That's where the misalignment can happen as well. So I think, yeah, all those things are important to yeah. build in. You see how good that question was? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Question? What's going on? Yes. Are you still doing stuff under, like, or doing your own stuff under, like, monopole or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, <laughs> that's an interesting story. Um, 
So yeah, for anyway, so I had a, a quick, quick little uh, solo artist thing um, that kind of accidentally came about um, and <laughs> quickly learned, oh fuck, I do not want to do that. Like when it you know, suddenly became like touring offers or like label discussions and shit, like, oh no, 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 that's not what this is supposed to be. So I kind of quickly killed that. Um, I'm in a duo called Jome now with a good friend of mine that's a lot more fun to do. Um, and I like the music a lot more anyway. Right, so what if that gets to that point where you've got label conversations and touring we, conversations? That point. But I didn't have to do it by myself, so it's a different right. it's a different aspect. Yeah. A lot of a lot of, I was never gonna I never wanted to be a solo artist. That sounds at like any point. Fucking it's so funny. Awful. Like, see, that's funny. That's a yeah. thing. That's a thing for you. It's a thing for me. Anyway. Just can't be you solo. No. No. I don't like the pressure. Also, I don't like the, like, I see the lifestyle, like, um, of a lot of these people who I've seen kind of go from, um, you know, being, like, torn in a van or doing, like, whatever to, like, superstardom. That's awesome. But that is not the lifestyle that I want to live, like, doing press and be on the road all the time and staying in a hotel and, you know, doing all the things that go, like, it's just not my not what I want to do. I, I mean, again, not to not to embarrass you or put the onus on you here, but this is it's very 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 important to know who you are. Yeah, you, to have a sense of your own core principles. I mean, that's what you demonstrate. You you were in situations where you could have what many people dream of, but didn't want it because it wasn't you. Yeah. Right. That's a very important thing, and I really I'm really grateful for you to kind of not only share that. But exemplify it and kind of live it. Thanks, it's bud. really important, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. it. Well, that's cool. No, I mean it. What time is it? You can't get out. Yeah, it's, right. It's time to go. Want a hug? Um, I, I will want a hug when we're done. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anyway, I think that's all we have time for. Um, please thank Christoph. Thank you very here. much. EQ and A is brought to you by Loyola University New Orleans and the Scavengers Network. It's an absolute thrill to have Christoph Anderson back here at Loyola University, New Orleans. It's great to see the successes of people who have attended the school and then gone forth to take what they've learned and apply it in real life. It's also great to then have them come back and discuss that journey with the students of today who will then go on to be the future of the same industry. So thank you so much for joining us here on EQ&A. From Loyola University, New Orleans, this is Colin Parker, and we'll see you next week.